for the entrepreneurs listening to me, it's important that you work so closely with your operators that they understand your vision, that you're in agreement of where you want to be a year, two years from now. If your operator does not understand the vision, clearly they can't do their job. And boy, from a financial standpoint, that can wreck you fast. Welcome to Access Points, the podcast where we discuss the tools, habits, and ideas that can help you achieve and maintain the leadership mindset so you can reach peak performance. Are you ready for your all-access pass to some of the top minds on the topic of leadership? Let's get started. All right, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome back to Access Points Podcast. Devin Marceau, Chief Operating Officer with Access eForms, and I'm here today in person for the first time in a month. Seems like I say that a lot, Mr. Tim Elliott. It's good to be here with you uh, in person, live. It is, and and I can say that I don't have to wear a mask around you because I have the COVID antibodies. I feel like I like I hit the lottery, like some sort of lottery. Don't you feel special? Uh, I, I do. I uh, I think I got what sixty to ninety days with without having to worry about contracting COVID again. Isn't that what the stats say? Yeah, I don't see your pin. Do you wear a medal around your neck or is there a pin that you wear or? Yeah, they were going to say what green mask, red mask, if you had the vaccine or if you haven't. So I think I'm proudly sporting the red mask at this point. We'll go with that. <laughs> anyway, it's good to see you, man. Thanks, buddy. It's a interesting start to 2021 for access. Yeah, for sure. In a really good way. Yeah. If you've listened to the podcast in the past, we talk a lot about, you know, what we've learned in 2020 and, and kind of what it was and trying to set expectations for what 21 might look like, seeing what could be, but yet at the same time, not setting unrealistic expectations. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, we think we talk in the podcast, it may be four five, six months before we, you know, we really see the turnaround where we really began to see attitudes change. But I don't know about the attitudes, but I know from a business standpoint, things are changing faster than we thought they were. Absolutely. You know, we've we've seen the pipeline free up. We've seen some of those capital dollars that were so restricted in 20 begin to free up. And, and we're still trying to understand, I think, the ins and outs of why. Yeah, right. <laughs> but man, I'll, I'll tell you what, we'll, we'll sure take it at this point. Yeah. It, right now, it's one of those things where it doesn't matter why right now, because um, you know, we'll ask that later when we look in retrospect, it'll be a lot easier to know what that means later than it does now. But man, when the harvest is out there and, and, uh, people are telling you that they're ready to get started, you don't question it. Right. Absolutely. And harvest is a really good word to use there. And it's a little bit of kind of how we're going to lead into this topic today of being default aggressive. Um, you know, when you think about what it means, what it means to harvest, harvest is reaping the benefits of something that you sowed a period of time in advance. Right. And for a little bit of context for the listeners, we're going to go back in time and talk about this default aggressive mindset that we had in 2020. Because Tim, we, at the onset of 2020, we decided to make some massive changes across the organization, but particularly to our product stack to what faces our end user, be it the patient, be it the clinician, whatever. And it looked really good in January, <laughs> but it was expensive. And, yeah. then, and then COVID hit and we had we really had a choice to make. And it was to do what the market said you should do, which is pare back and really kind of focus on the core of the product and make sure that you were slashing expenses. But we did the opposite of that. And we almost doubled down on it to really make sure that even though the sales weren't coming in, it gave us a little bit of lull in time to fix some deficiencies that we knew we had in the product from, right. from security, from stability, from integration, kind of across the board. And it's been really cool the end of 20, but especially now the beginning of 2021 to see the fruits of those labor. Yeah. Yeah. So a good analogy would be, you know, you've got a car that's your daily driver 
and something happened where you don't have to, you're not going to take that car to work for several months. And so what it allows you to do is stop and really work on the parts of the car that um, you can't have down for a day. Mm-hmm. Right. And so you get to dive into the engine, the transmission, you get to work on the parts of the car that um, really support the transport from one place to another, not just the quarter panel, not just the hood, not just a new paint job. Right. So yeah, that's exactly what we did. We, we kind of doubled down and said, listen, we've got a period of time here where we can focus on really taking a look at what do we have. And, you know, I guess it was a year and a half ago, we really ran some analysis on what the product needed, what it looked like. We did tons and tons of testing, load testing, Mm -hmm. looked at bugs. I mean, we spent a lot of money, a lot of effort on trying to find out what that was. And then to be able to go through this last year and take this time of kind of downtime of really digging in and saying, okay, let's do some of the hard work, some of the heavy lifting, now that we can take a breath and let's push a little bit. And that's exactly what we did. And it was scary. It's the operator for the company and is the owner for the company seeing yeah. that capital go out and not a whole lot of cash flow coming back in. Right. Is we paid for these big endeavors with with some of the partners that we were working with to assess stability, to assess bugs, to assess integration. Um, and security is another huge one in there as well. Yeah. And there's an expense line that goes along with each one of those you just said. Absolutely. That's not normally there every year. Right. And that's where this this concept of default aggressive really takes hold is that everything in you says, let's peel back. Mm-hmm. Let's stop spending this money. Yeah. Let's stop almost progress to make sure that we can hold on to these valuable resources that we, that we have, but there's such a limitation and it's so myopic and it would have hampered the growth that we have now. So that's why this concept and this, this topic of default aggressive men- business mentality is so important. Yeah. In the podcast in the past, we've talked a lot about Colby's and Clifton's. And one of the things I shared, I've shared several times on several podcasts is looking back when I started the company, if I would have known then what I know now, I probably wouldn't have done it. And it's almost the same thing looking back to 2020. If I would have known how long this thing would have dragged out, I'm not sure I would have done it the same way. (laughs) Right. And so because we didn't know, you kind of say, okay, we're going to plot along and we're doing okay. We're cash flowing okay. We're going to make it to next month. This month's good. Next month, we'll see. That month comes, you know, let's still keep on the track. Let's let's don't scale back. Let's keep plodding. And then you just go month to month to month. And, you know, looking back, man, that was scary. I'm more scared looking back than I was in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. But, wow, aren't you glad we did it? Well, and the good thing is at some point in time, you get too far along to turn around and go back. You can't go back. <laughs> yeah. Or you lose everything that you right. work for. Right. And especially when, you know, I give the analogy about the car, man, we had pieces and parts all over the garage. I mean, you can't stop then, you know, you have to go dig in and finish the work and, and assemble things back together. But what's, what's beautiful about it is when you finally get done, you know, you're able to see things differently. I know when, when we talk specifically about the product, we now know that the base of this thing, the core of our product is probably the best it's ever been. The most stable, the best, most robust. It's got the ability now to change so much in the future to be what we need to be. So we talked about pivoting a lot in the Mm -hmm. podcast. So we now have the ability to pivot much faster without going back saying, well, we don't have this technology stack in there. You know, we have to go back and write that. Well, we've done that now. So what's fun is looking forward, we can really look at how does our customer see this 
and how are they going to be able to use it? What's the, we've talked about, you know, user experience and UI. What does the UI really need to be? And focus in on that rather than having to worry about, yeah, the UI is there, but will the base support it? We don't have to worry about that now. So by looking back and deciding whether we really meant to do this or not, to be default aggressive, we even talked about that with Cody a little bit on the marketing side, but you know, looking at from the product side, from the secure side, from the infrastructure side of the company, we really made some really big decisions to move forward in spite of what could have happened. And that may be something else that, that we focus on for a minute is being default aggressive. You can't rely on being scared, right? I've got a really good friend on the back of his boat, you know, same guy, the back of his boat says, can't be scared. Mm-hmm. And he's a very successful entrepreneur. He's in a lot of different things. And there's really a lot of truth to that. Once you decide to move forward, you can't be scared. You, you have to move forward and you have to do that with vigilance and you have to be smart about it. But at the same time, sometimes you just have to go. And nine times out of 10, we've been successful doing that. And it's easy to say and look back and be like, man, I'm super glad that we were default aggressive. And at least the, the indicators for 21 are trending up. Right. That the fruits of our labor are going to pay off. Right. But the bottom line is we don't really know. <laughs> right. We don't know what external variables are going to, to come into play next month, halfway through the year, whatever. We don't know personnel. We could have a client blow up any number, again, of variables that are impossible for us to account for. Right. So it's easy to look back and say, man, aren't you so glad we were default aggressive in 2020? But for our listeners, I mean, how do they know to maintain, how do they know even what default aggression means, but how to implement that and how to have the courage in the face of the fact that this year isn't a whole lot more uncertain in many industries than 2020. Right. So, you know, for you, especially for young entrepreneurs, distill that down for me and talk about that a little bit. Like what type of mindset do they need to have and how do they need to implement this on a day-to-day basis? And then I think I can circle around and talk to the operators of the company in the same way. You know, it, it all starts with a vision. And we had a vision probably, I don't know, 14, 18 months ago of what needed to get done in order for our company to move to the next level. And we had um, a really big partner that we had brought on, mm-hmm. um, that we were doing a lot of work with them and spending a lot of money um, with them, well, on ourselves to get the product to where they needed it to be, right? And so without really any cash coming in for that. Mm-hmm. So there's number one. So, but having the vision to know that all this work that our engineering team was putting in, all this work that our product manager was putting in was going to pay off because we knew that there was demand for it. Our partner knew there was demand for it, but to get the product where it needed to be both for our partner and for the customer, we knew that was going to pay off. So, it, you know, as an entrepreneur, I always kind of stack that up to, yeah, we've got a bunch of expenses coming out, but I know that there's a return coming then you look at the security side and you're throwing a lot of money into a hole. And that's one that you look at going, we need to do this. It's important we do this, but there's really no real return for it. That's honestly the one that was hardest to swallow just because I knew that we're, there's no cash return on it other than, you know, customers are going to see that and choose us maybe over someone else because we were more secure. Maybe. Right. It, it, it's a bullet point, right? Right. I don't know if it was a deciding, it was going to be a deciding bullet point or not, but I knew that for, and you knew this too, probably even more before I did, that this was something that we really needed to get done for the company's sake, for our safety's sake, for our client's sake. It was the right thing to do, but it was, it was a big chunk. 
and then to look at us building the product and, and really diving in on the engineering side on the base of what this thing is and working on the core product itself. Having the vision to know that if we do this now, when things do come back, we're going to be able to see the market change. And as that market changes, we're going to be able to pivot much faster. And once again, something else we've talked about on this podcast is the ability to pivot fast as a small organization is the lifeblood of who we are. The number one competitive edge we have is that, is to see a market change, to see a need and a demand and be able to pivot and, and, and meet that. So back to what I said a few minutes ago, it all starts with a vision. And as an entrepreneur, I look at that vision and say, there's expenses going towards that vision. What's my return? Knowing that there's going to be a return, knowing that there's pipeline, knowing that even though that pipeline is stalled, knowing that it will eventually come back. I don't know if all of it will come back. I know some of it will. There'll be cash flow at the end somehow, somewhere. How much? I don't know. But something my dad told me one time, you know, it talks about financials. And uh, he said, you know, with the smaller company, he said, son, cash flow first, profitability second. They're not the same thing. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's all, I, it stuck with me. And so you and I would look at that every week. What's cash flow? How are we looking? What's coming in? What do we have coming in? Paying close attention to that, but at the same time, knowing what expenses were going out through these special projects we had and knowing we could cover those with that, it keeps the excitement moving forward. It keeps the excitement there. Without it, man, you start pulling in, you start getting scared, fear takes over and you start pulling back. And don't get me wrong, if we were sitting here six months from now and we still don't have stuff coming to the door, we'd probably be talking a little bit different and that mm-hmm. we'd start pulling back on some things. Now, fortunately, a lot of these projects are done. Right. And we can look back and go, wow, aren't we smart? Mm-hmm. A little bit of context on that security audit that Tim is talking about. It was SOC 2 Type 2 and the SOC 3 audit. And basically what that does for us is it's it, it's really... A, a baseline set of criteria and you either adhere to it or you don't. And if you do, then you get SOC 2 type 2 and SOC 3 certified and you get to use it as not just a marketing tool, but they, it creates a report and you can, when you're working with clients, hand them a report in lieu of a big security audit and say, we are the secure solution. Right. We adhere to this, to these criteria to make sure that you can understand and validate our security principles. And when you look at, especially today in, in the face of, of all of the ransomware and everything that we have going on and, and how these, these hackers are just locking down um, healthcare facilities, it's really important for us. And, but to your point, Tim, we knew that there were, we knew that this thing was going to cost upwards of $150,000 to do this year, but what's the return on it? In, in terms of hard yeah. cash, yeah. it was it was difficult, nearly impossible to know. And, and we were able to, to draw some parallels. You know, it really does give us a, a new level of legitimacy in the eyes of some of these bigger healthcare IDNs. Like, okay, these guys are legit. They do adhere to these principles. They are the secure solution. Nobody else in, in the industry has it. And so it's another bullet in our gun. It's another point for our value proposition. So there's a little bit of context on, yeah. on that. And, and I'll add to that, you know, it also helps us sleep better at night. Absolutely. You know, the, one of the worst calls I can imagine is a hospital going down and it being because of our product. Two things. Number one, I would have felt like we didn't do our job. We'd let them down. And the second thing, from a liability standpoint, you know, that really scares mm-hmm. me. And to know that, you know, we're literally doing every single thing that we possibly can to be secure for ourselves and for our clients 
makes me feel good about our company. It makes me feel good about myself. It mm-hmm. makes me feel good about the product that we're putting out. Super important. So, you know, is, is there a monetary value at the end that's a reward for that? Um, I don't know. I, I, I would guess probably not. But what it does give us is it's an audit, a true audit to say we're doing things the right way. And that's one less thing that we have to worry about. Now we have to keep that right, but that's one less thing that we have to worry about. So we can focus on ideas and vision and clients and market and pivoting and all those things without having to now worry about that. Now, Scott still has to do that. In fact, I think a few podcasts before this one releases, Scott's talking about this audit and it goes through this whole thing. So if you're interested in that, it's really, really interesting um, and Scott's an amazing guy and really smart. And he talks about some of the details of that. And I, I found it really interesting. Yeah. And I guess it really depends on your definition of interesting, but <laughs> it, it's, it's important. Let, yeah. Let's say that. So yeah. it's, it's interesting relative to, to importance for, for our company and for our clients too. And yeah. to your point, Tim, it really is part of that moral imperative. It's part of doing the right thing for our customers because it's the right thing to do. And we knew that it was just a box that we had to check. Right. It's just the economic conditions in, in 2020 made heck, it heck more of a time to check the box. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what. <laughs> and so going back to this default aggressive mentality and is, is the operator of the company for me, it's, it's easy for me that I am default aggressive in pretty much every aspect of my life. But this thing started for me really two and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons we were able to still do okay from a cash flow perspective in 2020 is because we started getting lean in 2019. Yeah. You know, we really knew that it was time to take a look at, at our expenses and really begin to trim heavily, not to the expense of our people or of our clients, but we knew that we were, we were kind of fat in some areas. Right. And we trimmed a significant amount of money from 2018 to 2019, and then even more from 2019 to 2020. And so for me, and how the operator should do this is start now, get lean now, even in the best of economic conditions, understand your operating expenses, understand what cash you need to come in in order to be able to meet that and what cash needs to come in to be able to hit your gross margin. And understand that there are areas that you can trim, be it in technology, be it in platforms, be it maybe in people. There's a thousand different things that you can do to be able to get lean now, but budget heavy, put a lot of time and in, in investment into understanding what your budget looks like for the year, understand what your expenses are going out, understand the cash flow that you need to come in to break even and to meet that margin, and then just stay the path and operate to that. And it provides you those guardrails and allows you to be aggressive and allows me to come to you and say, Hey, Tim, we need 200 K to do a security audit. And you don't question that because you know that I've endeavored to make sure that we're lean in every other element of the company. And so by doing the planning process for the operators that are listening to this, that's, what's going to allow you to stay aggressive. That's, what's going to allow you to have the rapport from the boss in order for him to, even if times are tough to have the trust and for you to have the rapport and the credibility from him in order to be able to get that kind of stuff done. Yeah. And what I've learned over the last several years and probably 10 years is there's two parts of a budget. There's the income and the outgo. (laughs) And one thing you can control is the outgo. What you can't control is the income. Mm -hmm. So the income fluctuates. Nothing ever comes in exactly like you want it to, right? If it was, that'd be it. The world would be an easy place, but it doesn't. But because you started focusing on the outgo early on that we knew in that budget, what that was, and you had a vision for what that needed to be based on where we were going, what people, what technologies, what expenses did we really need? What were the core ones that were going to help drive us? 
Um, not only as a company to be who we need to be, but what we can be. And to get it to that point, if we wouldn't have done that, and kudos to you, if we wouldn't have done that and you didn't push that, man, we could have been in real trouble in 2020. Yeah, it would have been interesting. And looking back on it, one of the things that I've learned and in, in being default aggressive certainly has two edges to it. And it's important for you as a leader to make sure you're communicating with your people why you're doing it. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a big takeaway for me is, is we knew we had to trim heavily, but we were just trim and left, right and center because we knew it was there, but it, but it costs a, a bit of instability across, across the company from uh, a people perspective. Cause they're like, Oh my God, what's next? You know, we're, we're just trimming. We're being reckless. We don't care about our customers anymore. When a little bit more communication would have gone a long way for us. Right. And, and I've, we've never had a time where we trimmed, you know, expenses and, and whether that be people or technologies or what that we haven't come out on the other side, way better for it. Mm-hmm. And the team members that are here are more efficient. They're more productive. They're happier. Every single time we've done that, it's always turned out that way. Now, don't get me wrong. Just going out there and cutting a bunch of people is not going to fix everything. Right. But it's, it's finding out what you need and finding out for each department or each area or, or whatever that point is, finding out what do we need and who do we need to fill that role and finding the best, whether that's internal or external and plugging them in and putting them in the right spot and letting them go mm-hmm. and taking the ones that are maybe a little bit of mouth breathers for lack of a better word. I like right? it. Then sometimes you trim those folks because they're just taking in air and taking in money and not necessarily being as productive and aren't a huge value to the organization and finding the people that are just the most valuable to the organization really makes a difference, not only to the bottom line, but as a company culture as a whole, it's amazing how different it is now because everybody's pulling their weight. Mm -hmm. Very much a a quality over quantity approach. Oh yeah. And there's such a, a default position for a lot of organizations to throw people at problems. We've talked about that a bunch. There's not, there's not a whole lot of need to beat that up. But again, if you're an operator for a company, be aggressive in your trimming to get to a point of stasis and a point where, where you know that, you know, you can take a couple of months worth of revenue downturn and, and still be okay on the bottom line right. and still be able to maintain that cash flow and the operating capital. But do an evaluation point. And that's something that, that we actually were, we did well as we were able to analyze at the end of, gosh, I think it was 2019 and 2020 for what our throughput looked like year over year. Right. And what we, what we found out is, and we trimmed down on platforms, we got rid of redundancies, we trimmed our people, but our throughput in terms of taking revenues coming in that turns into a project and the project goes through implementation and to support and is onto a happy customer, our efficiency and productivity went up. That went, yeah, went off up. the charts. Yeah. yeah. And, and it, it's so counterintuitive, but when you really distill it down, it makes a whole lot of sense because a lot of times too many people, they're just getting in each other's way right. and, and they're untrained and they don't know how to work as a team and there's no culture and they're not working towards a unified goal and it's just kind of chaos. Mm-hmm. So you were, you were speaking to the operator a few minutes ago and talking through kind of what that looked like for you. So for the entrepreneurs listening to me, it's important that you work so closely with your operators that they understand your vision and that you're in agreement before you leave a meeting or a budget meeting or a budget year, whatever the case might be, that you're in agreement of where you want to be a year or two years from now. If your operator does not understand the vision, clearly they can't do their job. So they can't make the company, make the people, make the technologies 
and either trim them or expand them, whatever that may be, if they don't completely understand what that vision is. If there's a difference of opinion, if the operator understands one thing and the entrepreneur is expecting another, you could be in some real trouble because you could be trying to expand operators trimming or the operator could be expanding and the vision is we're going to, you know, hold tight. And boy, from a financial standpoint, that can wreck you fast. Absolutely. And to put an anecdote to that for access is, you know, I understood your vision. And I also understood in order to be able to get to that point that we need to address some security vulnerabilities. Mm-hmm. We needed to address some some bugginess. We needed right. to address the security side of things. And because I understood what your end state was, you knew and had the trust in me that there were some things that I was going to recommend along the way right. that we had to get done. It just so happened to be that it was in the wildest, craziest year that the world has ever seen. Right. But we still drove towards that vision. Right and stayed aggressive. Yeah. But that was only done through clear and open communication between you and I. Right. And, and there probably didn't go at least, you know, every two weeks for sure, we would go through that. You know, where are we? You know, what's what's it look like? What's coming in? What's outgo? And you might talk to this. We have a, a gentleman in the organization we hired. Rennie was, how long ago did we hire Rennie? Oh man, uh, about a year ago. Yeah. Talking about a guy who's made a difference. We talk about value on the podcast, mm-hmm. talking about a guy who's got value arrow up in a big way. This guy is a big reason that we were able to make it through 2020 is taking a look at expenses, looking, te- looking at technologies. Why don't you talk a little bit about that yeah. and, and why that's important? And, and you know what? You talk about default aggressive. That's default aggressive as well, just in a different way. Absolutely. And so we had outsourced IT um, and they were okay. They, they got the job done. But we knew in addition to that, and in addition to some of the security stuff that we had working with SOC 2, is that we had to basically bring the IT component back in-house. And Scott Fuller, our CIO slash CISO, the dude just like a human Rolodex for smart, competent people. It was like, hey, this guy used to work for me. Um, why don't we take a look at bringing him in-house? And so we did. And, and you and I had a, we, we weren't exactly on synced up as far as the right. value that he was going to bring to it. Because again, like you're talking about somebody that's a, at least intuitively is a pure cost pure center for the organization. Exactly, yeah. Is, and, and, and again, in the face of trying to trim some of the stuff down, but wait a minute, we're going to hire a dude that's worth, you know, X amount of tens of thousands right. of dollars it, a year. It was going to be an increase in spending right. for us. Yeah. And, and so really one of the things that we kind of charged him with was take a look across our platforms, be it eight by eight phones or be it um, the G suite versus 365 in any number of areas. And pay for yourself this year. And you want to talk about a dude that stayed default aggressive. He trimmed, I want to say the number this year was like $86,000 Yeah, in redundant technology overhead. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's crazy. And, and you stop and think about cash flow. and you know, I'm not good on ratio and numbers, but that's a lot of money that has to come in the door mm-hmm. that turns into profit that $86,000 goes a long way. That's several hundred thousands of dollars worth of sales that we didn't have to have and we were able to cut that. That's huge. Right. And, and the cool thing about Rennie was we're like, Hey, so here's what I want to do. Here's a couple of projects we worked back and forth with on platforms. Then he was like a dog on a bone. Yeah. And he, to this day, you know, we just closed out another account that we really weren't using yeah. to the tune of $25,000 a year or something yeah. like that. That was just almost dead money to the company. And, and, <laughs> and what I love about it, it's not even one that you ask him to look at. Nope. He found it on his own. Yep. And he stays on top of the accounts and makes sure that, that again, our license are appropriate to the amount of FTEs that we have. And so again, had we not been aggressive and had we not hired somebody who was aggressive for that role, 
you know, the company's out a hundred thousand plus a year. Right. Right. It's huge. Yeah. I mean, if you're looking to hire someone, his name is Rennie Schwarzenegger <laughs> and he lives in uh, Bulgaria. Yeah. Call uh, 867-5309 yeah, and uh, ask great. for Jenny and they'll be able to, they'll be able to, find, they'll be able to find him for you. <laughs> yeah. Don't even try people. Yeah. And Tim, I, I think that's a really good place to wrap up. I, I really like this episode. And again, there's some really strong takeaways for whether you're an entrepreneur or whether you're an operator. Again, the default aggressive mindset, it's something that doesn't come naturally to everybody. But where you can start is just take a look at your books, yeah. take a look at the ledger and, and look at the money going out versus the money coming in and find ways that you can begin to build momentum through trimming of overhead, but also making sure that it's tied to the vision, right? And make sure that those two things are synced. Make sure you understand cash going out versus money coming in and trust that this year has got to be better than last year, right? <laughs> hey. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if it will be, but I know there's about three big projects that we want to have in 21 that we had in 20 that we don't have to pay for. So I'm looking forward to that. I can tell you that for sure. Absolutely. And for our listeners, go to our website at accessefm.com. I think we actually have the SOC 2, Type 2, and SOC 3 logos up now. Oh, do because we? Because we cool. are legit official. And while you're there, take a look at the impression offering as well. Again, that ties into how we were default aggressive this past year as well. Go to our Twitter, our Instagram, our Facebook, and connect with us there. Leave us a comment here and how we can make this podcast better for you guys. Because again, it's for you. And Tim, always appreciate your time, man. Thanks, buddy. Talk soon.